Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we're speaking with Matt Timmons. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey, Matt, doing well. Now, Matt, you are in Traverse City, Michigan today. Um, imagining it's a little cold at this time of year, but I uh, love Traverse City. I'm excited to talk to you, Matt. Matt's working on some very interesting stuff. He is the founder and CEO of Rage, which is a company very focused around helping businesses grow and drive that growth phase of those operations. He works very closely also with Perkin Industries as the head of growth at Perkin, which is a private equity firm with a diversified portfolio of high performance, small and medium sized companies. And as we all think about growth going into 2023, Matt has all the answers. But before we get there, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, uh, career starts at 13, selling uh, golf carts at a, a golf course, trying to get people to, to, to ride versus walk and transitioned into a, a professional sales career, um, primarily in a remote environment and then ran sales teams kind of throughout the country and, and startup technology and healthcare tech, EMRs, EHR type things in, in post-acute healthcare. Um, had a couple successful private equity exits along the way to some of the bigger players in that space and, and really enjoyed that experience um, and kind of working arm in arm kind of throughout um, kind of onboarding institutional capital, working with it, um, with the right partners in the right ways to have uh, very successful exits we were also very kind of acquisitive during that time and a lot of roll up and acquisitions. Um, so got a lot of kind of transaction based experience um, and then decided to um, join that dark world that is institutional capital and then really consult directly with private equity firms kind of around their portfolio and strategy and, and specifically um, in addition to uh, new investments really focus on existing portfolio companies and how to optimize them for um, for growth um, and really kind of profitability alongside that. So don't uh, operate under the traditional kind of VC lens of, of kind of just throw capital at it and, and yeah. hope it stems in some type of valuation, but really have a systemized approach to sustainable growth. Well, I got to tell you, you know, the one thing I know as a, as an entrepreneur is the guys that know what you do and do it well are extremely important and extremely valuable. And uh, certainly what you're working on at Rage, that's spelled R-A-E-G, who's a, for anyone that's looking out and trying to find out about it. Uh, it seems to be very important to help really companies achieve those goals that investors want to see. So, so tell me more about Rage and how you developed that business. Yeah, it was really um, taking formulas and growth hacks that I had developed along the way um, inside companies um, that, when coupled with outside capital, private equity, or otherwise, you know, really culminated in some successful 
um, kind of alchemist type uh, collaborations and, and being able to retrofit that into most any type of company, whether that's B2B, B2C, direct to consumer, e-com, healthcare providers or technology, um, and kind of overlay that in a way that can consistently drive desired results for those companies wherever uh, in the, the, the growth arc that they're at today. Um, that it can kind of be applied in a methodology that, that kind of right fits into those firms in, in a way that they're able to, to kind of take that next leap from 1.0 to 2.0 or wherever they're kind of stuck in neutral and kind of hit the gas pedal. And you're doing a lot of work, it sounds like, in the private equity space, certainly with Perkin Industries. Are there specific verticals that you're seeing that are particularly interesting for you guys right now, things that you're exploring? Specifically on, on Perkin Industries, we operate a bit. Um, the best analogy is kind of Warren Buffett for the private space. So we're cash flow investors. We look to see returns on cash flow comparative to exit. So mm -hmm. um, we're always deploying evergreen capital. So there's no set time parameter. We're not fund based. So we don't have to like have a set hold period in place or some unnatural motions in place on the business that they have to be prepared for an exit event in three years um, because uh, we have stakeholders that need to see a return in that time parameter. So we can be really stringent about our criteria of, um, you know, investing in healthy businesses where we're in it for the long haul mm -hmm. um, and where we're a value add. It's not just the capital that we're bringing to bear. It's, it's team, talent, strategy, um, and really building a long-term sustainable business. And so that brings with it some operational history. You've been here for a while. Um, you just need to kind of elevate the business and capital mm -hmm. plays a role in that, but team and talent plays a role in that. And so does strategy. So we operate a little unorthodox in that space. And it's actually a really good economic environment for us. Um, mm -hmm. When there was all this additional liquidity in the market these last few years and VCs were um, being really aggressive and you could go out and raise really easily. Um, you know, that was a tougher environment, um, but now with, with kind of the pullback and, and some of the macroeconomic factors in place, um, it's actually a really good place for us to be. And we're having some more realistic conversations um, about some investments that we're making. And, um, and so it's actually a really good time um, for us and, and kind of our investment. You know, that's really interesting to hear. Uh, it's, it's an interesting moment. Uh, certainly, I would say that... Uh, I saw over the last couple of years, anybody working in a digitally related business uh, grew dramatically, as uh, I often say, uh, that the one person on every board of every company uh, that used to say no to uh, making digital investments shifted and changed their mind and said, oh, no, we've got to do it. Uh, it seems like there was a bit of a watershed moment there. But, uh, you know, we now find ourselves in a in a mixed economy, as you, you just outlined, Matt. And I was interested in exploring that topic a little bit more. I mean, the two areas that you're focused right now, obviously, is working with businesses on the private equity piece, but also on RAGE, you know, RAGE focused on really growing businesses. What are you seeing right now on the growth side that is working? What are people excited about? What are there some of the challenges that customers are thinking about? I think short term is all the uh, movement around return on ad spend and, and how social media looks different. And some of these 
no different than the way the capital markets have been these kind of short-term, short outlook, kind of wanting to see immediate return or instant gratification on a marketing dollar. And, and those have short-lived results. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, what I advise and a lot of companies I work with is, is building a more systemic approach to places where you can gain authority, mm-hmm. whether that's earned media because it's the trusted authority and, and things of, of PR being kind of longer term type strategies in place, but you establish an audience and a, and a voice and authority or uh, a good uh, comparison is like SEO versus pay-per-click or AdWords. Um, SEO takes longer, is arguably more expensive in some regards, um, but long-term is more sustainable uh, kind of lower cost or lower customer acquisition costs. Um, versus the instant gratification of a return on ad spend or a social media ad or influencer play. So I think a lot of those less short-term levers um, have been exhausted. Consumers are increasingly aware of where their attention is being paid for. Um, yeah. And they see through those kind of short veils. Um, and so just long-term doing it right, building a strong content thought leadership play, whether that's earned or on own channels and, and doing it, you know, really the authentic, right way um, versus these kind of instant gratification marketing type opportunities that have been short-lived and, and again kind of the capital markets reflect that as well like yeah instant thinking about mass valuations because of a industry yeah uh, comparison um are short-lived and, and now we're yeah. we're reaping some of that today and it sounded to me like what you were outlining with on the private equity side is that some of that frothiness that we saw perhaps in the the boom times of crypto, et cetera, uh, have calmed down a bit. And uh, we're back to the practicalities of what is on the balance sheet, what the PL looks like, and how, bit, how EBIT's going. And that seems to be uh, so you feel that we're finding ourselves in a market where there's perhaps more level heads. More level heads, and um, it pays to be, to be disciplined and not be emotional, whether you're managing a, a balance sheet, a portfolio, or a marketing spend or, or sales spend. Um, being disciplined it pays dividends, um, even if it doesn't provide that kind of instant instant return or gratification. So Matt, I mean, I look at the RAID story. You started the business the year before the pandemic, and you've ridden it through this period, and you've grown I'd love to just hear kind of that entrepreneurial journey that you've been on, actually. It's uh, it's an interesting one and certainly uh, must have felt like a, a crazy roller coaster ride at times. I think it still do, does just because it's always changing and evolving. But um, but I think of Rage in some regards as a mutual fund. It's a, it's a portfolio of high performing businesses that are in diversified industries intentionally. So that I, things like a pandemic or economic event, et cetera, don't have overtly across the board uh, impact, um, that there's always a, a balancing component um, just ingrained and, and, and really planned and orchestrated um, so that it's, it's less impactful. Um, I've always been kind of a remote growth gun for hire, whether that's an individual contributor or team leader or company yeah. leader. Um, and now kind of somewhat independent. And so that, you know, with the, the pandemic has just allowed more autonomy, but I've always had the flexibility of being remote or on a plane or where I need to be. 
um, and, and oftentimes where I need to be is on a Zoom call or podcast or um, with a client in person, wherever they may be. And so, you know, pandemic just allowed for more flexibility and acceptance of that way of nature that I um, stumbled into 15 years or so ago. And uh, I think just today's environment um, allows for much yeah. more of that and kind of aligns itself to where I just happened to be at previously. So, you know, uh, what, I, what I can see, Matt, is that you're a trusted advisor to a lot of folks and a lot of different businesses, which means that the process that I just have gone through with my own operations, uh, where we're, we're trying to figure out our, our plans for next year and doing all the lovely forecasting process is coming to a close. What are you telling people about next year? What, what's your feel for on the growth side uh, in 2023? You play on the fields you can win on, um, and and you don't have to win on all of them at once. So um, I think you know when it comes to things like forecast, what matters is accuracy, right? It's not having some ambitious goal that looks really good on paper or at the next board meeting. It's not about setting a low bar that you then leapfrog. It's about being accurate, and so I think that no different than what we were touching on previously is just having a realistic view understanding where where to make the right investments, making those, even if it doesn't provide a, you know, a first quarter return, it's going to pay dividends in Q4 or whatever that time horizon is based on the strategy. Um, but it's being realistic and accurate in that forecast and, and having candid conversations internally with your leadership team, with your stakeholders um, about why it looks that way and, and what it looks like, not getting too caught up into these macroeconomic factors that are largely theoretical sound bites, 90 some percent of which don't come to fruition. Um, and there's still, even with tightening, there's a, there's a ton of liquidity in the markets. Um, yeah. A lot of it's on the sidelines, but it's still yeah. there. And so you know, I, Matt, honestly, one of, the, field. This, the phrase that you just use, realistic and accurate, is something that I just hope other entrepreneurs hear out there. I was at a networking event the other day and a gentleman, I said, oh, well, we're going to crush it next year. I said, oh, that's, that's great. So what, what, what do you think it looks like for you guys? And he goes, ah, oh, 500 million we're going to make. And, and as I tweezed through it, it kind of was like, there was really no clear path to that, that number. And so you kind of, you know, you loved the bravado, you love the confidence but at the same time, you know, it certainly wasn't supported by a realistic plan and a strategy and, and a measurable way of getting there. And, and it just undermines the confidence that any investor would have in, in the leadership of a business, right? If someone's not being realistic and accurate, you know, you want a little bit of that bravado, but, you know, may, maybe a little bit of uh, smarts there as well, right? So I, I think it's a yeah. great one. I would say we turn down more investments on unrealistic founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs um, than any other reason, not the health of their business, their solution, their technology, um, not even their balance sheet. Um, although oftentimes they don't know it well enough. Um, that's not why it's, it's the unrealistic perspective that really causes, I would say, 75% you know, plus of the businesses that we pass on. It's just... I well, listen, Matt, I mean, if someone wanted to reach you and learn more about what you're working on at, at Rage or actually even in your role at Perkin, where's the best place to reach you? Rage Growth 
facebook.com perkinindustries.com um messages sent through there will eventually find their way to me in some way shape or form linkedin is always a, a fantastic social medium that um, allows for pretty instant seamless communication so uh, matthew timmons it's uh, linkedin profile uh, works just as well well We've been speaking with Matt Timmons. We've been talking to him about his business, Rage, which is a growth and sales consulting firm. And they work with entrepreneurs, stakeholders such as private equity firms, and really focused around making sure that they deliver those revenue outcomes that we need to see, that investors need to see for more growth and, and, and more opportunity. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for all the work that companies like Rage do, and we're excited to talk to you in the future and welcome you back on the Uncaged Show. Pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Cheers.